welcome to the Assembling Inclusion podcast. On this show, we feature different programs, individuals, and initiatives focused on being more inclusive of individual needs. We invite you to learn right alongside us. If you want some additional resources or access to our courses, please visit our website or follow us on social media. But for right now, let's get right to the episode. teaching, I was always on the lookout for a tool that would support my students during reading activities, something that would provide them with independence to complete an assignment while still giving them the tools and resources they needed to actually read the text. Well, today we're going to be talking about a tool that does exactly that. Clusive is a completely free, adaptable, and accessible web-based reader. This tool uses the principles of universal design for learning to help students grow in reading through features like reading choice, display options, text-to-speech, reflection, and progress monitoring. Clusive was developed by CAST, and today we're talking to the two people who worked with Clusive, Tara Corshane and Kristen Robinson. Definitely make sure you check out the show notes after you listen to this episode so you can try out Clusive for yourself, your children, or your students. So let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Assembling Inclusion podcast. Today, we're talking to Tara Corshane. She is the Chief Research and Development Officer and Kristen Robinson, who is the Senior Instructional Designer and Research Associate at CAST. They are both from specifically the Center on Inclusive Software and Learning at CAST. And we're going to talk today about Clusive, which is a free tool that customizes and adapts reading for any digital environment. And I'm so excited to hear more about it. So Tara and Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. So just to start off, so our listeners can get to know you a little bit, can you tell us a little bit about yourselves and your backgrounds and how you actually came to work at CAST? I'm Tara. Thank you so much for having us today. I've been at CAST for a year now in my role. Before coming to CAST, I was at OSEP, Office of Special Education Programs, as a federal program officer. So I got to know CAST very well. I've also been a preschool special educator, Head Start teacher, a K-5 resource teacher. So my heart really is in improving outcomes for all learners. And this is Kristen. And I came to CAST after having been a classroom teacher. I taught in K through eight, and I also taught at the undergraduate level. I'm going to see you a little differently because I want to tell you what I do at CAST because I have the best job in the world. And I just want people to know that I do instructional design and research. And what that means is I get to work with great people like Tara, who are researchers. I get to work with technologists. I get to work with designers. I get to make things and then bring them to classrooms and to teachers and learn how they're using what we've created and then take their feedback and their activities and bring it right back into what we make and how we revise it. So I get the best of both worlds of working with wonderful people every place that I go. Thank you so much both of you for sharing a little bit about your background and experiences. It sounds like it's a really great environment to work in in general. I've always heard such good things about CAST. Obviously that was like a staple being a special education teacher. We always referred back to CAST for so many things. And so I was really excited when I came across Clusive and I came from the language arts resource background. So I was like, oh, this would have been perfect for my students. So can you talk a little bit about the Clusive platform? Clusive is a free, flexible, 
adaptive environment that supports learners to access and interact with readings, engage and connect with content, utilizing different tools. It does this to promote engagement, learner agency, and learner self-awareness. And I'm going to let Kristen tell you a little bit more. Thanks, Tara. That sounds like a really soaring platform. And Actually, it is, but I'm going to make this a little more concrete for us. So what Clusive does is that it makes sure that anyone can get readings that are accessible for them. It comes with a starter library, but any user can bring in readings into Clusive. It makes recommendations for learners, but it also gives users the control of the tools so that they can make the choices and learn what works best for them. And teachers and parents can get data that can help them to further support their learners. It's a super powerful environment. And what we're really excited about is the fact that anybody can use it. It's available for people to try out as a guest right now, or if even better, actually, if they wanna sign up to an account, because if you do get all the features and your settings are saved, they can go to the website. You can just go to clusive.cast.org and get started. Perfect. And I will make sure definitely to link that in the show notes so that everybody can click right on it. When I was digging around on the platform, you know, to prepare for the interview, I was looking at all of the nice features that were embedded. I really thought this would have been so perfect for my students because it's so easy to bring into the classroom. Was there a specific inspiration behind the creation of it? I know that CAST does so many different things with supporting all learners. So what was the specific reason why they wanted to design an adaptive learning environment for learners digitally? Well, that's a really great question. I, and I want to thank you for asking this because really it was a convergence of events that came about. So first, CAST, we're the creators of the Universal Design for Learning Guidelines and the framework. And so we have a long history of creating environments that first consider the barriers to learning, and then we design with accessibility in mind in order to reduce those barriers. So that's for all learners. And we do that from the very start, not as an add-on. So we have a long line of work in designing accessible learning environments, but we've usually created those around a specific group of texts. And I'm thinking reader that's now by Scholastic. That's an example of that kind of work. And research clearly shows that schools are increasingly relying on finding materials on the internet. While those materials, while available, and they may seem great, they're not accessible or usable for a diverse population of students a lot of the time. They actually present similar barriers to students that physical print materials do. They're not as flexible. Sometimes if they're a PDF that's an image, it can't be read by screen readers. They can't change font, letter spacing, and line focus is challenging sometimes. And also something that's kind of neat, because I was at OSEP before coming to CAST, is Inclusive exists in response to a call from the Office of Special Education Programs, which is OSEP. They were asking for an open, accessible, and scaffolded learning tool, and they really wanted someone to build something that didn't exist in the open sphere and could be used with any content, which is really challenging because you, you have to have something that adapts to anything a teacher or a student or parent might upload. We also wanted to develop something that gave us the opportunity to think about adaptivity to promote learner agency. So it wasn't doing it for them. It was something they were choosing as they went through the readings. And that's something that's always been a part of our research and development, but not as explicitly as it is here. Inclusive is based on what we know and learn from research literature and is built to meet the needs of all learners and educators. 
So we wanted it not to just to work with those typical kids in the classroom, but to really work with students who have diverse learning needs and need different pieces to help scaffold and support their learning. But we hope that this influences the educational technology field to consider and address accessibility from the start, not as an afterthought. And we are really excited about this work. That's awesome. I love that commitment to making sure that people are starting to do it beforehand instead of, like you had mentioned, an afterthought. I saw too much of that when I was in the classroom, like, oh yeah, like here's an article. And it's like, okay, but that's, yeah, it's digital, but it's still not accessible. So it's great that this is openly available for people to take into consideration when they're creating an assignment or an activity for students. So you had mentioned that there are some articles and texts that are currently available on Clusive itself. How are those articles selected to be included on the platform? So this is Kristen, and I'm going to tackle that one. We started a library just as a starter library so people could have something to look at and try out the tools. The way we made the decision is we decided, okay, it needs to be public domain literature, literature that's openly available and unlicensed. That's a vast library already. So we needed to constrain it a little bit. And so we aligned what we brought into the library with national and state standards. So that means that part of the public library is stuff that's aligned with national and state standards that is also already in the public domain. So that's part of the starter library. But we also added things that are in the public domain that are of high interest. We dove into the SERP curriculum. So there's a lot of articles from Word Generation and the Starry curriculum. There's lots of stuff from the Library of Congress that's just really interesting history stuff. That's the public library as it exists right now. So that's a good start for what the library is. But we knew that we wouldn't have everything that everybody would want, right? So not only is Clusive an environment that has a starter library, but we made it so that anybody can upload readings to it. So teachers can add readings and share with classes. Kids can upload readings too. We've connected with other reading repositories, for example, Bookshare users. If anybody has a Bookshare account, and that's a student or an adult, Bookshare users are bringing in readings right now into Clusive and getting that benefit of all those adaptive, flexible features of Clusive with Bookshare's vast library. And those are things that are not in the public domain. So that's a real asset to be able to bring those in. In terms of what's in the library, we have our starter stuff. But as long as a document is in a compatible format, and that's an EPUB or a Microsoft Word docx format right now, it can be added to Clusive. So what's in the library is whatever you want to add to the library in addition to the public library. We think that's a really nice combination, makes it a very powerful environment. I love the Bookshare connection because my students all had Bookshare at one point in time. So that's great that they could bring that in. I love the fact that they can bring in their own articles too, because I mean, I was a middle school teacher. Yeah, they read what I told them to read, but also they had very strong opinions about what they wanted to read. So the fact that they can bring in their own resources is really fantastic. And it's empowering and it, it's about learner agency too. It's not just the teacher that can bring something in and assign it. The kids can bring it in or any user can bring it in themselves. Exactly. I love that fact that they can make that decision for themselves and it's supported by the platform. I appreciate that a lot. 
So I noticed that I was playing around with this. If I was a student, I was trying to act like my student. And when a student clicks on an article, there's like a just right challenge that pops up. Can you speak to that process and how that information is used into the like adaptability component of Clusive? To build an adaptive system, you have to gather baseline information about the learner. You have to know where they currently are in order to be able to meet their needs. So we wanted to collect that information in a way that was useful for the learner themselves and also for the teacher and for the system in a way that was transparent. This was a way to make the process clear and driven by the student to help promote learner agency. The student can opt out or adjust a word bank, for example, and of course, They can get a preview of words that are coming up in reading to help prep them for what to expect and what might be important, what vocabulary they'll be working with, et cetera. I will pass it over to Kristen to tell you a little bit more. So you might be asking, why do we focus on vocabulary? Because that's what we decided to do. We focused on vocabulary as the underpinning of the adaptive system because of the strong connection that exists between vocabulary knowledge reading fluency, and reading comprehension. Students need to understand the meaning of critical words that they're reading in order to build comprehension. So getting a sense of where students are in terms of more common or less common words, that's why we made that the foundation and doing this in this really transparent way. So it's not just the system that becomes aware or teachers that become aware, but the kids are aware of like, okay, where am I on these key words? The awareness of their own knowledge about themselves is being raised. So the information from that activity, those five words that you get a preview of when you're diving into any article, whether it's in the library, you've brought it in, works with any text that comes into Clusive. So that information from that activity informs Clusive's recommendations and customizations. It's a nice preview, but then that's kind of the engine of the adaptive system. So for example, if a text has multiple levels and there are texts inclusive that we've put into the library that have tiered levels, if multiple levels are available, then Clusive will recommend a version that provides what it's guessing based on the assessment that the kids have just done with that just for a challenge and any other data, like if they've looked at other articles as well, it will provide a recommendation for the just right challenge level for that particular reader. If it's a text that doesn't have levels, that just right challenge informs the customized support. And currently that's the vocabulary highlights inclusive. So it will inform that customized support in the reading. For example, inclusive, if you say, I know this word and I use this word, inclusive won't highlight that word that the users already know because it doesn't need to. And it will highlight words that are in the same range as the words that are not known or little known to that particular reader. So it's adapting all the time based on the information that it's getting. I love that. I could have totally seen my students like clicking through and they're pretty honest. Like I have no idea what that word is. I've never seen it before. Or like I use that every day. And I like the fact that it adjusts based on those answers. And then obviously the preview of it too. Like the students are seeing some of the vocab beforehand. As a teacher, I would have loved that because I was always looking for ways to see like what words don't my students know? Are we doing anything with like morphology and prefixes and bases that like maybe I could help them with that? That's a great amount of data for the student and for the teacher too that would really help inform instruction, which is really awesome. 
And it's in a really low stakes format, right? There's no right or wrong answers. It's just like, where are you right now? You're not going to be there forever. It's just like learning about yourself and you know, they're going to be changing and growing as you're interacting with them. Exactly. And even if you're clicking, I've never heard this word for every single one. The next time you won't be doing that because you'll have learned the word. So I think that's really great for students to be able to look at, to kind of self-evaluate and see where they are in, like you said, a low stakes kind of way. It's not a multiple choice, right or wrong. It's how do you feel based on what you see on this word, which is great. So what other features are available to students as they're working through the articles? Like they're assigned the article, they've been through the Just Write Challenge. What types of supports are actually there for them while they're reading? There are a lot of different features and supports available, but learners can choose the ones that benefit them so that it doesn't feel so overwhelming. So they don't have to click and use everything as they work with the text. They sort of have that self-selection. We included some features that are already well-known. So we have things like text-to-speech, display options, because we know that they're important and impactful for all learners. And we've also included some less common features. Research also confirms to be effective for engagement and for comprehension. Those tools are things like highlights, annotations. We have choices for showing different vocabulary words, which Kristen just talked about, rating the vocabulary words when they're looked up, and the choice to show or mute animations so that if for some kids that get overstimulated, they don't have to have that going on all the time. If you don't like animations, if they're distracting, I I know I turn off the animations. That's a preference of mine. But I'd like to add a little bit more to this because we've also included some more novel features, things that are less seen in reading environments, but that can reduce barriers and make text more engaging and accessible for readers. For example, students can choose reading levels for some texts. They can do activities that personalize highlighted vocabulary words. They can get text transformed in a number of different ways. They can get it transformed into a translated version of the language of their choice. They can get it simplified, or they can get a version with picture equivalents for keywords. So students can record how a reading made them feel first with a word selection, and that's kind of an appraisal of how I'm feeling right now as I've been reading this article. So they appraise and then they note how reading made them feel. And then they get an option to explain further, to put it in their own words of what that word selection meant to them. That's a strategy that is shown to promote readiness to learn. It promotes reflection skills, and it actually promotes reading comprehension. I think the combination of both of those things is great. The built-in supports, obviously, that's huge. And then having those opportunities for extension and practice as well. So I like that there's kind of the fusion of all of those things together going on with inclusive. I think that's something that would be really helpful for students to have access to. And I know like my students always had such strong preferences when it came to like their features that they would turn on. So it's nice that they have a little bit of customization options for what fits for them. I'm going to add something onto that because those display settings stick for them. If they really like the sepia tone for the background, then whenever they go into any article or onto their dashboard, they're going to get that theme. If they like a particular font size, if they like a particular reading pace, those are settings that will stick for them until they decide 
to, you know, maybe at nighttime, I like a dark theme, but in the daytime, because I want to be more energized, I might like the lighter theme. They can make those choices and they become more aware of themselves and what works for them. That's great from a perspective of being able to determine what works for you and then carry that into other parts of your life as well. You talked a little bit, you both had mentioned about the different information points or data points that are coming from students' workflow as they're working through a reading, as they're going through the Just Right Challenge and the different vocabulary-based activities. So how does that information help to adapt like future instruction for them? Like, how does it help them? How does it help the teacher inform their instruction? This is Kristen. I'm going to take that one on. This clearly is tracking a lot of actions by students. It tracks what a student and what a class in general is reading. So students know the hot titles of their peers, and that can trigger interest because you know, for a lot of adolescents, being in relation with each other and knowing what the hot topics are is really motivating. Inclusive also tracks the tools that users click on, like how students are using vocabulary features. We've talked a lot about that. So it tracks the word lookup, not just the cued vocabulary words, but every word. Like anytime a kid will look up a word, it's tracked and it goes into the database. It tracks students' ratings of vocabulary knowledge. So their initial ratings, but that if they go into the word bank and they change the ratings, it tracks that as well. That activity informs the recommended levels that we've mentioned before, and also the vocabulary words that are subsequently highlighted in reading. So it's going to adapt based on what kids are telling us through their activities. So those kinds of activities also help Clusive to nudge gently users to check out unused tools because it tracks the tool you've used, but it also notes when you haven't used a tool, Clusive thinks that this is probably going to be helpful for this learner. So it's going to nudge through these really brief tool tips. You know, you might want to check out this tool tip and see if it's going to help you. It may not. It's for awareness so the kids know that, and actually for teachers as well, but all users know that these tools are available and they might want to check them out and they could find them useful. Thanks, Kristen. And I'm going to add a few more things. Kristen's already told you a whole bunch, but Clusive also tracks how students are changing reading levels. It tracks their reaction responses, the comprehension questions, and their answers to those questions, the amount of time they spend in readings, words looked up. And what's unique about this is all of these things are tracked to give teachers just-in-time data so that they know what's happening in their classes and they know what individual students are doing. And then the information can help teachers adapt and adjust their instruction moving forward. It'd be great to have all that data. I was always looking for data points to show like student growth and what better way to show that than like the student self changing their reading level and then showing that they could comprehend on that level. That's perfect for a meeting. Like I could see like a student going into their IEP meeting and saying, oh, here's when I changed, I've changed because this was too easy. I bumped up to this level and this is my progress. And like, that's great from the teacher and from the students to be able to go into a meeting and say that I love having, I love data and having any kind of data. So that's great. What other capabilities are possible for teachers within inclusive data do teachers can teachers see? So we've talked about the data and the teachers are getting that data and teachers have access to a lot of data inclusive as we've talked about like those reading choices, what texts that, that kids are choosing to read, reactions, thoughts, their ratings, 
all the stuff that Tara has already mentioned, all that information is available for teachers to see and make use of right on their teacher dashboard. So they go to the dashboard, they get an overview. It's not overwhelming because you get the overview of the class and what's happening. And then you can drill in and see specifics on individual students and individual texts. But in addition to getting that data, like what do you do with it, right? So one of the things that teachers can do inclusive is they can customize any text that is in the library or that they bring into their own library. So customizing options are in identifying the vocabulary that teachers want highlighted for students. For you, for example, Katie, you mentioned root words. And oh yeah. If we're doing specific like prefixes, bases. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and you could select those words. If they appear in a text, you could select those words so that those are the words that are highlighted. So you can really make that your own. In addition, teachers can customize Questions. We always have a question for kids when they are inclusive. How much do you feel you've learned? A lot, a little, nothing. And then let us know why you answered in that way. So that's always there. Teachers and parents, of course, can also add their own customized questions and prompts. That appears within a inclusive reading and kids will get that cued right in the same way that they would get that recurrent comprehension question, that self-evaluation. So they always get that. And then teachers can get responses as well. And those student responses, as well as all their interactions with the words and the other inclusive features are gathered in the teacher dashboard. And I just want to say, you do not have to remember everything I've just said. <laughs> because I, you know, that's a lot of stuff. And so a lot of powerful data that you are getting in each click and keystroke that kids actually conduct. But as I've said, you don't have to remember it because we've included a resource area for teachers and parents. And so resources for getting started, for teaching with inclusive, for when you're ready to dive in deeper and really use the inclusive features to help students build reading skills and not just use the tools, but actually use them with purpose and with power. And also resources on universal design for learner there to support educators whenever they need support or they want support. So there's a lot of things you can do as a teacher. I love that there's so much data involved in that. that. That makes me so happy because that was always what I wanted. <laughs> and I wanted it to be easy to access. Da data that's there, but data with support too. Yeah. So that you don't have to feel like, ah, oh, I'm in a sea of data and I don't know what to do with all this stuff or how to take action on it. So you get the support of how to take action on that, that information that you're getting. And I'll make sure to link the resources specifically on the website in the show notes too, for teachers, like not only just to the website, but specifically those resources. So they could take a look at that as well. Cause that's sometimes it's too much data and it gets overwhelming, but the, like having those resources, it's definitely helpful. So do you have any examples of how inclusive is currently being used in classrooms anywhere in the world right now? Like do you have like any specific like case studies going on with it or especially like inclusion classes? We do actually, we're doing a research study right now. And so we know how it's being used in our classes that are part of our research study. And we can make guesses actually of how it's being used in the, the larger world, what's happening in classroom implementation 
is that it's being used in inclusive classrooms. And these classes are mainly used inclusive for assigning texts and then having students read independently. We're seeing usage happening, you know, two or three times a week, but teachers are also having students use inclusive for small group reading or for homework and also to provide supplemental reading that's aligned with their instruction. So one teacher that's part of our study has used inclusive to teach assistive technology skills and tools, which is great. And several educators have mentioned that they're recommending inclusive for students on their IEPs because this is a free resource. You might have seen many of these features in other tools, but those are behind paywalls. This is free and available for everyone and anybody can bring content in. And that's super powerful. But mainly the purpose is that teachers are most often used inclusive in order to improve student reading comprehension and build vocabulary. And Katie, you asked about a case story and some different examples. So I'm just going to share a couple overall successes. And Kristen actually has a great story she wants to share with us. So a few of the pieces just that we know and that we are excited about is lots of people are uploading Bookshare books. And that is just fantastic. And it's able to bring those books to a lot more students. People are uploading curriculum and we know students are reading more. Our public library with Inclusive that currently exists is being used actively. Inclusive is being used by inclusive and special education classrooms. It's used for classroom and independent learning. And it's not just for K-12. It also could support early learners, higher education, professional learning, workforce development. So there's a lot of space for where it can continue to grow and be successful. And actually we're seeing evidence. We don't know who is using it, but we can see what books they're bringing in. And we're seeing trade books. We're seeing higher education books. We're seeing professional learning books that are being brought in and used. So it's in a group setting. And so that's really exciting. That's not a population that we had particularly been going after. But the point is, it's like, this is a really flexible environment that you can really do anything you want to with it. And it doesn't have to be just for middle school kids. That's great that it's like really fluctuates with how many people could use it. I was thinking that is a really great higher ed tool. Like so many students go into college and then whether they have the extension of their IEP available to them still, they might not. So then at least they have the resource they were using that they could continue to use in college or in a trade. I always think about like some of my students who were going into trades and the reading they had to do, like they were great with their hands, but the reading, they still needed support. So that's something they could upload their own materials into and still continue to use because they're used to it from school and they could carry it into higher ed, trade school, job, whatever they had after secondary. Absolutely. You know, it shouldn't be that having support should end when you graduate from high school and having this available support when you choose to and to bring in any kind of text into, it makes higher education available to everyone. Definitely. I definitely could see that. So you talked a little bit about some of the case studies, the stories, but what other successes has Clusive had? We've got so much feedback from teachers and educators and at conferences, people are looking and saying, wow, 
this is a game changer. And why doesn't every school have this? It's so great to hear that the, the need has always been there, but that there's a tool that is within the grasp of everybody. It's a matter of justice you know, to be able to have this. So that's inspirational for us. I just want to share a story. And this is much more concrete, but to me, this captures exactly why we have done this work. So this is about a particular student. His name is Reed. So Reed is a recent high school graduate. He has severe dyslexia and his dyslexia was so severe that he was considered essentially blind because he couldn't decode pages. Through high school, he had a one-on-one aid. And I just want to pause, like you're a high school kid and you have a one-on-one aid your entire time through high school. Can you imagine what that is like for a learner? No autonomy, no sense of confidence, no sense of belonging with his classmates because he always has this aid with him. He was alone and his plans after high school were to get a job any job because he's done with school, right? Shortly after graduation, somebody who was working with us, a Clusive team member, showed Clusive to read. And, you know, she just, you know, opened it up, showed him a few things. And then he went to the computer. He explored some of the settings. He explored the features. And he just looked up and he looked at this colleague of ours. And he said, if I had had this in school, this would have made such a difference. I could have done this. I could have understood. I could have read this. That was Those are his words. Now, that's great, but that's not the end of the story <laughs> because that encounter with Clusive turned out to be life-changing for this kid. Reed started uploading materials into Clusive and he saw that he actually could do this himself. So he changed his plans. Now he is going to college and he's working toward an associate's degree. And his plan is to go on and get a four-year degree in forestry and environmental studies. And you know what, he'll be able to do it because right now he's got an A average in college. And we heard this story from the follow-up. His grandmother came up to me. I didn't know her. And she said, did you work on Clusive? I said, yes. And she said, that has changed the course of his life. Wow. (laughs) It's life-changing. And that's somebody who sought me out to tell me what an impact an environment like this could have or, or had on her grandchild. And to know that this is the impact that this has made, I think that's the biggest kind of success you can possibly have in an environment like this. And it's why we do what we do every day. Exactly. That's a really incredible story that it really impacted his life so much. And it's really a testament to what this could do for so many students if they realized they could have access to this type of work. Well, and we've had other parents say to us, my kid is having conversations with me about reading now, and they've never done that before. Or my kid is looking for more readings 
where before they weren't reading at all. And they actually approached us and they said, you know, we're not finding enough readings anymore because my son wants to read more on science. And it's like, this is a great complaint to have when you don't have enough reading for a kid who is a non-reader and didn't identify as a reader beforehand. Oh yeah, definitely. I always got the complaints if they hated reading. I would have loved to have a, I want more. I, you can't give me enough to read. That's a great complaint to have. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just curious about the future of Clusive. So are there any plans for any kind of expansion or anything else that will be extending with Clusive in the future, other than obviously continuing the great work that it's already doing? So I would say absolutely yes. We're coming to the end of our first research project on this, but we are certain that it won't be the last. We're currently working on a sustainability plan and we're exploring some additional funding or new funding to to continue to do the work. And we are 100% committed to keeping the site running for as long as possible. We also have some other project proposed around Clusive. We are reaching out to other organizations that produce e-text and working to partner with those in the field so they can use Clusive or embed features into their own tools. Just a real quick note on that. When Clusive was designed, it was designed to be totally free and available. And not only is the tool itself free and available, the code is available. So other products, companies could take the code and embed some of these really unique features into their own tools. And then one of our dreams is to be able to expand our interoperability. We want to be able to include public library books into Clusive. So we could possibly work with Overdrive, which is the largest ebook public library vendor in the United States. So virtually any reading could be brought into Clusive and any individual or learner could take advantage of this environment, which is flexible, adaptive, accessible, and would be available to all learners of all ages, regardless of ability. That's really amazing that the code is available to an open source. It's amazing in general that the whole platform is free and available. That's just incredible within itself. But then the opportunity for other places or other like organizations to build in those features into other things they might have going on. That's really great that there's so much open source available because that's always the big issue is like, there's things available, but like, does everybody have access to it? Not always, but like, this is something that they could, regardless of what browser they're using or things like that. Like, it's nice that that's openly available to anyone. That's, that's just really, that's really incredible to me. It is something that's unique about this project. And I think something that OSEP wanted or saw as a possibility because they didn't want it just to be one small thing. They wanted it to be available to as many learners as possible. And it's the impact, right? We've made an environment that is free and available that any reader can use. And that has an impact like Read Story. But the larger impact could be how it's foundationally changing, how programming is done to be accessible and adaptive and responsive and to promote that learner agency. 
And so that is like an invisible impact, but it's already happening because there are organizations that are already taking pieces of the code and seeing how the critical importance of accessibility and flexibility in design, that technology design from the very beginning. So that's going to be the long, long term legacy of what this project has done. Oh, definitely. I'm really looking forward to seeing what the future holds for us. I'm I'm sure there'll be so many success stories that come out of using this. And I hope that everyone listening takes advantage of the opportunity to bring this into, we have a lot of teacher listeners, so bring it into their classrooms. And I want to thank you so much, Tara and Kristen, for telling us all about Clusive. I really appreciate you being here with us today. Thank you so much for having us today, Katie. This has been really exciting. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share this great work. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Assembly Inclusion Podcast. I hope the information in this episode taught you something new, gave you a new idea, or showcased a new perspective. If you liked the episode, feel free to leave us a review or comment. If you have a recommendation for an individual or an organization who would make a great guest, you can message us on Twitter or Instagram or send us an email at assemblinginclusion at gmail.com. See you next time.